0: Everybody, welcome to Optional Opinion. I am your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great show planned for you all. Man, wow. just This one kind of takes me back with this topic. I know I've been talking about it uh, for a lot of past uh, weeks, but I'm finally giving it to you guys because this one is... It's once again like almost one of my favorite, uh, both of one of my favorite games back from the 90s. And these two games were a really huge debate back in the day. So today's topic, everybody, Street Fighter 2 versus Mortal Kombat. Who won? And there is an answer to that. Now, this might be a personal answer for me. And for some of you others, you may actually have a different opinion about it. But we're going to break everything down on what those two games did during the time that they were available. So let's see. Let me get into how the battle was started. Well, we're going to start with Street Fighter 2 releases because Street Fighter 2 had a lot of revisions to them. So World Warriors came out in 1991. Street Fighter II Champion Edition came out in 1992. Turbo Hyperfighting came out also in 1992, about six to eight months later. And Super uh, Street Fighter II came out in 1993. Super Turbo Street Fighter came out in 1994. During that time, though, between Championship and Hyperfighting, uh, Mortal Kombat entered on October 8, 1992 and both of them were going into two different directions in a fighting game um street fighter two were still traditionally with the sprite based uh art and uh, digi- uh more combat with the digitized uh view with their art style with the uh graphics and pretty much uh what would happen with Digitized is that they would use real-life actors. They would capture them doing martial arts. And then later on, they would program those, uh, the motion capture that they did and put X into the game and start doing a program. Which is surprising because Mortal Kombat was developed within 10 months. And that's very surprising for them to get out. Now, during that time, uh, th- the debate was... What was the best fighter? Street Fighter 2 or Mortal Kombat? Where Street Fighter 2 had people lining up with tokens or quarters, depending on where you were going at that time. Um, Street Fighter was just a little bit more challenging, more, have more techniques. But it was kind of basic a little bit in the way uh, of his fighting moves because you had to actually think about, how do I move and fight with this character with this analog control, eight way analog control and with the six buttons. So street fighter two, of course, entered directional movement for, um, uh, their super moves, their special moves, like the Hadouken, the dragon punch. And so you had to learn not only air combat, but, uh, bottom, uh, ground combat where, how to throw a character, when to block, uh, what parts are will it be ape that you'll be able to block because and later on in Street Fighter uh the Street Fighter games you be able to block in the air. But that came along in the Alpha series. Normally in the Street Fighters uh two universe when you attacked uh in the air and someone was in the air attacking you might actually get a hit, you know hit them Or, you know, both of you guys might sometimes collide at the same time. And later on in Super Street Fighter, you would uh, have a super bar that you would just power up. And when you got to that bar being like power up, you would do that special move two times. And it will allow you to be able to do a, you know, do like a special combo for that game. So, it was interesting to see how Street Fighter 2 evolved throughout three years of its release. Even when it came out to Super Nintendo, it was very popular. And, Street Fighter 2 kind of hold the record for a lot of uh, units being sold. Not only in arcades, but also on home, home console. Mortal Kombat, though, with this digitized graphics, they were able to do more. And... Surprisingly, when a character got uppercut or they got roundhouse kit, blood would come out with this, these red graphics. So they were doing it a little bit more, kind of violently, a little bit more realistic. And at this time, there were no ratings, no ESRB or any of that. In the arcade, you were seeing these uh, people violently fight, and you know you uppercut them, and blood would gush out. Um, but, and if you win two rounds, you left the opponent days where you could perform a fatality. Pretty much you could kill them. Um, like in, in the character. That's where the, kind of the combat comes in with the K, you know, to kill them. And with the seven characters that you got, you would go up a ladder in tournament mode uh, Once a character enters in And play you uh, You kind of have to defend your spot If you want going to continue going up To that arcade uh, I mean going up that ladder Or you would have to fight um, Or if that other person if They take over and go up And surprisingly, in this game, in Mortal Kombat, there were only seven characters that you could choose from. And when we get to each uh, game, we'll um, break down all those characters. Um, But surprisingly, just like Street Fighter, um, they both had only one female. It wasn't until Super Street Fighter that they added Kami to it. So it gave them a total of... Two female characters. Where Mortal Kombat uh, 2. Ended up having three characters. Um, When it got to Mortal Kombat 3. More female characters. Were added to the game. So. uh you could kind of look at both games on how evolved they came with the female progression. Definitely with Street Fighter V being out and Mortal Kombat XL, uh, kind of being out, like, like the elite version of Mortal Kombat X. So, um, they both did something, but they all did something different. And, you know, of course, Street Fighter was, since it was, a uh, sprite based they had sweat when you hit them and more the combat had blood so when they both game both of those games came to the super nintendo uh sometimes when you hit a uh, Ryu or something or hit your character it looks like a gush of blood supposed to be coming out but it looks more like throw up and uh mortal Kombat for super nintendo in order to have some kind of blood in it you had to use the game genie where the uh game for sega genesis had the blood and you had to do a a, a code in there to get like those bloody fatalities um and some of the fatalities in the super nintendo version was censored um because at that time nintendo didn't really allow like in rated and violent games and stuff so after uh some time once mortal kombat 2 came out both games were equal on both systems and actually mortal kombat 2 so on super nintendo more but we're going to stick to just uh street fighter 2 and mortal kombat uh for this discussion so when i come back we're actually going to start off talking about the popularity of street fighter 2 So Street Fighter 2, uh, like I said, uh, actually the first start one, which is World Warrior, started in 1991, and it was the first true sequel to the original Street Fighter. Um, the release was followed by an unsuccessful attempt to brand the 1989 beat 'em up game Final Fight, an officially commissioned spinoff Human Killing Machines as Street Fighter sequels. It was one of the earliest arcade games for Capcom CP system hardware, and was designed by Akira Nishitani and Akira Yasada, who were also responsible for Final Fight and Forgotten Worlds. And I love Forgotten Worlds. Um, for those who don't know, Forgotten Worlds was like a two-player um, shoot 'em up a shmup. And this one was different because you would be able to rotate the character around while still be able to float um, with that character and shoot different places. You actually had to, um, uh, when you get money or zenny, as, as they call it, Uh, which is are these blue ores depending on how the size they are they were you'll be able to go into these shops and purchase life or purchase um uh, extra uh or you know purchase uh, a weapon like a special weapon, yeah. And this one introduced life bars and a shoot them up, which was kind of cool during that time. It was something really different. I played Forgotten Worlds on the Sega Genesis, and I, yeah, I'm get I'm gonna get back to uh <laughs> to to what I'm talking about. But check it out on YouTube, uh, or if you got the Capcom, I think Capcom um uh, arcade classes for PlayStation Two. Um, if that's available for you to get You got a Playstation 2 I believe it's on that game also Forgotten Worlds is a really great game I think everybody should check it out But back to Street Fighter 2 uh, being the first one-on-one fighting game to give players a choice from a variety of player characters with different moves. The choice of multiple available characters allows for more variety matches. In this game, each player character had a unique fighting style with approximately 30 or more moves, including then new grappling moves and throws, as well as two or three special attacks per character. In a single-player mode, the player's chosen character is pitted sequentially, Uh, Sequently against seven other main characters before confronting the final four boss opponents who consist of CPU controlled characters not selectable by the player as in the original a second player could join in at any time during the single player mode and compete against the other player in competitive matches the original Japanese version of Street Fighter 2. Introduce an African American boxer boss character, sharing the physical characteristics and likeness of real life Mike by, uh, real life boxer Mike Tyson. Uh, in order to avoid a likeness infringement lawsuit from Tyson, Capcom rotated the names of three of the bosses, boss characters from international versions of the game. The final boss named Vega in the Japanese version was given an M. Bison, eh? the M. name. The talent wielding Spanish warrior named Barrock in the Japanese version was renamed Vega And the boxer became Balrog Street Fighter 2 eclipsed its predecessor in popularity, eventually turning Street Fighter into a multimedia franchise. The release of the game had an unexpected impact on gaming and was the beginning of a massive phenomenon. Various versions of the game grossed over $10 billion in inflation-adjusted revenue, mostly from arcades as well as from video game console ports, which sold more than 40 million cartridges for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System and Sega Genesis Mega Drive pu- um, platforms you The first official update to the series was Street Fighter II Champion Edition, pronounced Street Fighter Two Dash in Japan, as noted by the prime notation on the logo. In this game, players are allowed to play as the four computer-controlled boss characters, and two players are able to choose the same character. In this case, one character wears an alternate color pattern. The game also features slightly improved graphics, including differently colored backgrounds and refined gameplay. A second upgrade, titled Street. 2 turbo hyper fighting called street fighter 2 dash turbo in japan was produced in response to the various bootleg editions of the game hyper fighting offers faster gameplay than its predecessors different character costume colors and uh, new special techniques super street fighter 2 the new challengers was the third revision gives the game a complete graphical and musical overhaul and introduces four new playable characters. It is also the first game for Capcom CP System Two arcade hardware. The fifth arcade installment, Super Street Fighter Two Turbo Super uh, Super Street Fighter Two X in Japan, brings back the faster gameplay of hyper fighting, a new type of special technique known as super combos, and a new character, Akuma. Numerous home versions of the Street Fighter 2 games have been produced following the release of the original game. The original version, Street Fighter 2, The World Warriors, was ported to the Super NES in 1992. As of 2008, the original Super NES game is still Capcom's best-selling game, was followed by a Japanese-only port of Street Fighter 2 Dash for the PC Engine in 1993. That year, Hyper Fighting received two different home versions as well, a Super NES version titled street fighter 2 turbo in a mega drive genesis counterpart titled street fighter 2 special champion edition titled street fighter 2 dash plus in japan the following game super street fighter 2 was also ported to the super nes and genesis in 1994. later that year super street fighter 2 turbo was released for the 3do interactive multiplayer and also appeared in a pc version and uh, version in windows released by the now defunct GameTek. In 1997, Capcom released Street Fighter Collection for the PlayStation and Sega Saturn. This is a compilation that includes Super and Super Turbo as well as Street Fighter 2 Alpha Go titled Street Fighter Zero 2 Dash in Japan, an updated version of Street Fighter Alpha 2. It was um, it was followed by Street Fighter Collection 2 titled uh, Capcom Generations Volume 5 in Japan and also released the PlayStation and Saturn, which includes the original Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition and Hyper Fighting. In 2000, Capcom released Super Street Fighter 2 X for a matching service exclusively in Japan for the Dreamcast. This version of the game features an online two-player versus mode. In 2003, Capcom released Hyper Street Fighter 2 The Anniversary Edition for the arcades in Japan and Asia. So commemorate the 15th anniversary of the series as a final arcade installment the game is a hybrid version of super turbo which allows players to select between versions of characters from all five previous street fighter 2 games hybrid was released in north america and the pal region via its ports for the playstation 2 and the xbox released as part of the street fighter anniversary collection along with street fighter 3 third strike in 2005, the three games in Street Fighter Collection 2 were included in Capcom Classic Collections Volume 1 for PlayStation 2 and Xbox. A version of Super Turbo, along with the original Street Fighter, was later included in 2007 compilation, Capcom Classics Collection Volume 2, also released for the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Street Fighter 2 and Super Street Fighter 2 are also available as downloadable games for selected cellular phone services. An update version of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo came to the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade services in November 2008. The game, titled Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, has fully redrawn artwork including HD Sprite's 4.5 the time Uh, times the original size drawn by artists from udon this is the first time the street fighter characters have had new sprites drawn by capcom since capcom versus snk 2 in 2001 the game has several changes with which addresses character balancing issues but also features the original arcade version gameplay so that players can choose between the two Ultra Street Fighter 2: The Final Challengers is an updated version of 1994's Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the Nintendo Switch console. The game features two graphical styles, classic pistol art and updated high-definition art. New gameplay McKenna's And most have been introduced and tweaks have been made to the game's balance. This game also features two more characters who were classic alternate e uh alternate evil form of the classic characters Ryu and Ken, Evil Ryu and Violent Ken, while Akuma is now a regular playable character. So, that's just some history of the Street Fighter franchise. I know that was a lot to include with the other systems, but that's how many times that this game has literally been released. And like I said, it was one of the, kind of like the leading arcade games back in the day um, for it. Now, what was surprising about Street Fighter 2 is that they had one particular character that I kind of mentioned um, for it. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to actually talk about some of the characters that were in the game. So, mostly, the first character that everybody will definitely recognize is Ryu. Um, He was a Japanese uh, karateke seeking to hone his skills. Um, Next, just going through the list, was E. Honda, a sumo wrestler from Japan. Blanca, a beast-like mutant from Brazil who was raised in the jungle. Gao, a former USAF special forces operator from the United States, seeking to defeat the man who killed his best friend, Charlie. Ken, Ryu's rival and former training partner from the United States. Chun-Li, a Chinese martial artist who works as an Interpol officer. Seeking to avenge her deceased father, she is the only female character. Zangief, a pro wrestler from the USSR. And Dal-Zim, a fire-breathing yoga master from India. And like I mentioned uh, in uh, the earlier part, that, uh, Ball Rock is an American boxer, uh, uh African American boxer designed with a similar appearance to Mike Tyson. Vega, a Spanish terrero who wields a claw and uses a unique style of ninjutsu. Sagat, uh, or Sagat, a multi, uh, multi boxer, kickboxer and former World Warrior champion from the original Street Fighter who was scarred by Ryu in the end of the previous tournament. He did a dragon punch up across his chest. So that's why you'll see that mark on him. And M. Bison, the leader of the criminal organization Shadow Lu who uses a mysterious power known as Psycho Power and the final opponent of the gang. Due to a mistranslation Ryu's words to a defeated opponent you must defeat Shing Long to the stand a chance which correctly translates is if you cannot overcome my dragon push you cannot win led some to believe they will face a character named Xing Long who is not a character in the game and EGM actually did an April Fool's joke Where they falsified him into the game And made people think that if you do this code Or you take these steps you would get him in the game And so many people fell for it Uh They used to do the gags for the April Fool's uh um, mag- uh, um, issue and which was so good. I love, I miss EGM. I- uh, but yeah, those are some of the characters that was in Street Fighter. And, um, for me personally, um, I literally made Ryu my main in Street Fighter. Um, completely learned him. Him and Ken at that time was very interchangeable. If you learn Ryu, you pretty much learn Ken. Um, uh, Gao, he was easy to learn. Chun Lee is easy to learn. Uh, Blanca is. Blanca e Honda also easy to learn. The only one that I have trouble with is uh, Zangief because he's so slow. And trying to grab people and do the 360 move, trying to do that, uh, right and stuff, it still takes time for me to do it. Uh, but you know, he's gotten better in the, uh, future games for it. Now, there is one thing that I really do appreciate about Street Fighter, and that was, and with Ryu, it was his Hadouken. Um, and, What it literally means is wave motion fist or surge fist. It's a special attack used by Ryu Ken and other Street Fighter characters. Takashi Nishiyama, the creator of Street Fighter, credits the 1970s anime Space Battleship Yamato and a missile called the Haduho as the origin of Hadouken. The move is achieved by the character dusting their palms forward, sending a surge of spirit energy flying towards the opponent. It is normally performed by the player moving the joystick or D-pad a quarter-circle go forward towards the opponent from the down position then pressing the punch button although the execution has been always the same the design speed damage and other attributes of the technique vary in different games and uh, with the hadouken uh you could uh do it in the air when you got to turbo fighting and when you uh when you play as akuma and Um, he, he does still throw the, uh, Hadouken, but, uh, he could throw him in the air diagonally. And, um, there's one of them that when he did throw it, uh, like in the air, uh, you'll be able to do a special. I think it's an alpha. Like you'll be able to, uh, throw it and do, uh, his super move as a special and throw it twice in the air. Uh, so like two, uh, fireballs will come out two Hadouken. Uh, and with Ken, his Hadouken later on in the game isn't powerful. They made his Dragon Punch powerful. So they kind of, uh, changed everything. A little in uh, Street Fighter, I believe Championship or maybe Hyper Fighting. Sometimes when you throw a, a, a Hadouken, a red fireball, uh, fireball will come out. And this is kind of general in a lot of, uh, fighting games. Like that little, um, motion uh quarter circle with a punch button that was like a fireball for most games as a special move and you know of course why you popularized it um with a Hadouken. um later on like in street fighter 2 you were able to uh do half quarter which means uh you were um walk kind of backwards or you would hit the left, the back, the, uh, left or right depending on what side you're on. If you're on the left side, you would hit left. If you're on the right side, you hit right. And you would just like make a U shape almost, uh, halfway and throw a punch button. And it will allow Ryu to throw a fire, um, like a hot fire, um, Hadouken. And it will burn the character like three for three hits, um, depending on what you did it. Well, when you did with low punch, it will move slowly, medium punch, it did like a little bit faster, and, uh, hard punch will make it like really fast and stuff. Um, you could on Street Fighter 2 World Warriors. Uh, like hit an opponent if you hit them maybe twice I believe uh, with a hard punch Hadouken uh, you can make them fall and make them dizzy uh, if they block your Hadouken though that character who blocked it will lose energy so you kind of have to be a little bit technical and very smart on where you would use it and how you would do use it so Street Fighter two um, also had a manga. Um, this one was written and drawn by Masami Kazaki um, that was serialized monthly in Family Computer Magazine in 1993 and 1994. Um, the manga was produced prior to the release of Sh- Super Street Fighter 2 and only features the original 12 World Warriors. While far from being the only Street Fighter manga, it was one of the earliest and the first of the few that was translated in English. It is notable for featuring the first illustrated appearance of Ryu and Ken's Sensei, gokin so um that was just a rundown history of street fighter um to uh, its popularity and it being in the media and other things um there was i believe a card game so to speak and it was kind of surprising um i didn't get to see the uh the card game so I can't believe, I'm like, I'm still, <laughs> when we get to the next subject, uh, which is going to be like the history of Mortal Kombat and its popularity, um, it's going to be kind of interesting because I, I, I can't believe I'm like, how you do a, a card game for a fighting game. <laughs> you know, I can understand like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, but like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, I'm like, they actually have to fight against, fight against each other with unknown, you know, Unknown, we re- results. So, uh, well, we'll probably check it out. We'll figure it out. So, when I come back, I'm going to talk about the popularity of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> So Mortal Kombat, the popularity of it. Like I said, this game introduced the digitization to the fighters. So like I stated earlier, they motion captured these actors and, um, you know, put them uh, uh, like put them in, in the game, uh, programmed them, uh, put them on some uh, on the background and uh, worked out the animation where you can fight. Now, what was different about Mortal Kombat was not only its graphics, was that its control, um, it was a five-button control game until Mortal Kombat 3. Sorry about that. In Mortal Kombat 3, uh, you were, you had a run button. So, you were running to your character to do your, uh, combos. Um, and that was kind of inspired a little bit from Killer Instinct. That Midway also worked on, or released with Rare, uh, it introduced a hidden fighter A reptile uh, in the game So Akuma in Street Fighter 2 Was the hidden character And he came later in uh, Super Street Fighter in uh, the first original Mortal Kombat, uh, you had to perform uh, like a move or uh, some kind of... Not not a move or attack or anything, but uh, there was a guy who would say Toasty, and if you timed it right and did this trick, you would be able to fight... Reptile in the game. But let's get into some history about Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal Kombat is a video game franchise originally developed by Midway Games Chicago studio in 1992. Following Midway's bankruptcy, the Mortal Kombat development team was acquired by Warner Brothers and turned into Neither Realm Studios. Warner Brothers Interrupted Entertainment currently owns the rights to the franchise and rebooted it in 2011. Development of the first game was originally based on the idea that Ed Boon and John Tobias Had of making a video game starring Jean Claude Van Damme. But as that idea fell through, a fantasy horror themed fighting game titled Mortal Kombat was created instead. The original game would have spawned many sequels and has spun a media franchise consisting of several action adventure games, films, animated and live action with its own sequel, and a television series, animated and live action. Other spin-offs include comic book series, a card game, and a live-action tour. Along with Capcom Street Fighter and Bandai Nickel Entertainment's Tekken, Mortal Kombat has become one of the most successful fighting games uh, in the history of video games. As of June 2000, the franchise had generated generation $5 billion in revenue, making it one of the highest-grossing media franchises of all time and uh, Street Fighter has a uh, 10 billion uh like 10 billion point 51 uh, uh in revenue for a series. The series has a reputation for high levels of bloody con- violence, including most, most notably its fatalities, finishing moves requiring a sequence of button inputs to perform. The fatalities in part led to the creation of the ESRB video game rating system. The series name itself is also known for using the letter K in place of C for the hard C sound thus intentionally misspelling the word combat as well as other words with the hard C sound within later games in the series. Early games in the series were also noted for its realistic digitized sprites which differ, uh, which is different from its contemporaries hand-drawn sprites and the extensive use of palette swapping to create new characters and they did a lot of <laughs> palette swaps for it like uh, if you look at scorpion and sub-zero they're basically the same character and uh they were uh palace swap uh i'm going to get into a little bit more history of its origins um mortal Kombat started development in 1991 with only four people ed boone john tobias john vogel and dan ford in 2009 boone said the first Mortal Kombat game was four guys literally one program uh himself, which is Boone, two graphic guys, Tobias and Vogel, and a sound guy, for them, was the entire team, literally. Originally, Boone and Tobias were approached to create a video game adaptation of the 1990 film Universal Soldier, starring martial arts film actor Jean-Claude Van Damme, with a digitized version of the action star fighting villains, intending to make a game a lot more hard edge, a little bit more serious, a little bit more like Enter the Dragon or, Bo- or Bloodsport. Then Street Fighter II cartoony fantasy style, Boone Tobias decided to continue their project even after the deal to use the Bloodsport license fell through. One of their own characters, Johnny Cage, became a spoof of the whole Van Damme situation. John Tobias said that his imp- inspiration for the game's story and characters came from the Chinese mythology and some of the stories of rumor events about the Shaolin monks. Regarding the film Big Trouble in Little Ch- China, Tobias wrote that although this movie kind of Americanized my obsession for supernatural kung fu films from China, it was not my biggest influence. My biggest influence came from Sue Hart Films, Zoo Warriors, and The Swords Man. We had to get them from bootleggers in Chicago's Chinatown. Tobias writing and artistic input on the series ended in 1997 15 years later he said I knew exactly what I was going to do with a future story a few years ago I wrote a sort of sequel to the first Mortal Kombat film and an advancement to the game's mythological roots the goal was to not run away from what came before with a retelling but to move the things forward I did it for fun as an exercise in screenwriting but it felt good to get that out of my system Ed Boon recalled that for six out of the eight months while they were in production of the original Mortal Kombat, nobody could come up with a name nobody didn't hate. Some of the names suggested included uh, Kumite, Dragon Attack... Deathblow, and just Fatality. Someone had written down combat on the drawing board for the names in Boone's office, and then someone wrote a K over the C, according to Boone, just to be kind of weird. Steve Ritchie, a pinball designer at that time, was sitting in Boone's office and saw the word combat and said to Boone, Why don't you call it? uh, Why don't you name it Mortal Kombat? And that name just stuck. Since then, the series uses the letter K in place of C for various words containing the hard C sound. According to Boone, during the MK games development, they usually spell the words correctly and only correct it with the K when one of the developers point out they should do it. And so, yeah, that's how Mortal Kombat came about, and um. it had seven characters in that game, which which was uh Luke Cage, Johnny Cage, um Kano, Sub Zero, uh, Scorpion, Raiden, and uh Sonya. And um, they each had, like, their own quest and stuff. And it wasn't a little bit to the movies where a lot of things really got fleshed out for it. So, um, let's jump into the Mortal Kombat film. So, the Mortal Kombat is a, uh, uh, the film uh was in 1995. And it was an American fantasy action film written by Kevin Androni, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, produced by Lawrence Kasdan. Kassel- Kessonoff is starring Robin Shaw, Lyndon Ashby, Bridget Wilson and Christopher Lambert. It is a loose adaptation of the early entries in the fight against series Mortal Kombat. The plot of the film follows the warrior monks Liu Kang, the actor Johnny Cage, and the soldier Sonya Blade, all three guided by the god Raiden. On their journey to combat the evil sorcerer Shang Tsung and his forces in a tournament to save Earth. The film's primary source material was 1992's original Game of the same title, but it was also inspired by and incorporates elements of 1993's follow up game Mortal Kombat 2. Mortal Kombat, a Lawrence Kuznog Threshold Entertainment production in association with, uh, with Midway Games, was filmed primarily in Los Angeles. As well as on location in Thailand, and premiered on August 18, 1995, in the United States. It received mixed reviews from the critics with praise towards its martial arts sequence, atmosphere, exotic locations, and production values, whereas the performance were criticized along with the simple script. Its tie-in media included hit soundtracks, Mortal Kombat motion picture score, and Mortal Kombat original motion picture soundtrack, and a prequel animated film, The Journey Begins. Mortal Kombat spent three weeks as the number one film at the U.S. box office, earning over $122 million worldwide. Dreads entertainment followed with a 1997 sequel film, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and created two spin-off television series, Mortal Kombat, Defenders of the Realm, and Mortal Kombat Conquest. A Mortal Kombat film reboot was announced by New Line Cinema in 2011. And there's also some Mortal Kombat shorts that you guys can also check out on YouTube. Now, uh More to Combat the album. <laughs> uh this one, like, like you guys just heard in a um interlude, uh that it's like a techno kind of beat and that's just that one soul made this album go platinum. So uh, you can check it out And listen to it uh, But Mortal Kombat The Defenders of the Realm uh, Was an animated series on, Once again like I said USA Network like I said follow after um, Street Fighter And it was a 13 episode series From September to December 1996 um, The show served as a combination Of an alternative sequel To the first Mortal Kombat film And the events of Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 so, um, uh, they have, cause they have like Shiva and, uh, all the other characters for Mortal Kombat 2 and 3 in the game. Um. Uh- I mean, from that game in that series. Now, there was a TV show, and here in uh, Chicago, or in my area, North Chicago, uh, we have a channel called WCIU Channel U. Uh, when you have cable, it's channel; it was channel thirteen. And if you didn't have cable, it was channel twenty-six, uh, depending on what TV you were using. Um, Mortal Kombat Conquest is an American martial arts television series that aired for one season from nineteen ninety eight and nineteen ninety nine. It was based the Mortal Kombat fighting game series. The program was filmed at Disney MG- MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. It was a really, really good series um, to watch. Um, the main characters were Kung Lao, which was played by Polo Matabon, uh, Ciro, Daniel Bernhardt, Taja, Christina Loken, Vorpex, Tracy Douglas, uh, Shane Sung, Bruce Locke, and Raiden Shao Khan by Jeffrey Meek. So there were 43 minutes each. Um uh, there were 22 episodes so you guys can see uh they might have them on on YouTube. Um but you can see uh how that show was. The martial arts in it was amazing. Um the one show that they have on uh AMC, uh, I think Into the Bloodlines or something like that. Uh that that show uh with their martial arts uh, kind of resembles a little bit on what you see on Mortal Kombat Conquest. Like, it was high production for this show. So, I was kind of surprised. Now, like I talked about, the Mortal Kombat card game. Um, it's an out-of-print collectible card game released in 1996 by Brady Games in cooperation with Midway Games. It is based on the Mortal Kombat video game series, but without excessive violence like its video game counterparts. Um, the game featured all of the playable characters from the first two MK titles, Mortal Combat and Mortal Kombat 2, as well as the hidden and boss characters. The game consists of, uh, of a set of 300 unique cards, each with a rarity level of either bronze, silver, or gold. The cards were available in 60 card starter packs and 15 card booster packs. um So, I uh shout out to Tony of you guys. Listen to um, our depression episode. He the one that told me about the Mortal Kombat. Uh, the Mortal Kombat car, and I was like kind of shocked. I was just like, Wait, what they got a card game? <laughs> it, it was kind of interesting to like really uh, uh read about it. And I think he showed me actually a picture of it. So, but um, there was controversy with Mortal Kombat. Um, And we're going to just talk a little bit about them. They're not too long. Um, The first one was Daniel Pesina versus Midway Manufacturing Company. In 1996, actor Daniel Pesina, who portrayed Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, Smoke, and New Sebia in the first two games, soon Midway Games, Williams Electronic Games Inclu- uh, Incorporated, Acclaimed Entertainment, Nintendo, and Sega. He alleged that all defendants used his persona, name, and likeness without authorization in the home version of Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 and the related products. The case was tried in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Illinois with Judge Elaine E. Bucklow presiding. The court concluded that alleged use of martial artist's name, likeness, or persona in a martial arts video game did not violate his common law right of publicity. Philip Ahn, Elizabeth Maliki, and Katlyn Zamira versus Midway Manufacturing at uh, ETAM. In 1996, Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 actors, Philip Ahn, who was Shane Soon, Elizabeth Maliki, uh, Sonia Blade, and Katalina Zamira, Katana, Malena, and Jay, joined the Sue Midway Games. Williams uh, Electronic Games acclaimed Nintendo and Sega for using their likeness in an unauthorized way. They sought a constructive trust on all monies defendants received and continue to receive from their alleged breach of other duties to the plaintiffs. An, ah, Zemir, and Maliki alleged that they were only modeling for the coin-operated video game, not the subsequent home video home computer and a handheld versions of the game. With Judge Robert William uh, Gettleman presiding in the North District of Illinois court, the plaintiffs lost on all accounts because they had all consented to the videotaping and because the choreography and choice of movements used in the game were not jointly authored by the individuals williams uh no wilson versus midway games incorporated in 1997 13 year old noah wilson was killed by yancy salazar also 13. salazar stabbed wilson in the chest with a knife with a kitchen knife and severed his arrata, leaving Wilson to die after an hour of massive blood loss. The victim's mother, Andrea Wilson, alleged that her son was killed due to Salazar's strong interest in Mortal Kombat. She claimed that Salazar was so obsessed with the game that he thought he was actually um, the Mortal Kombat character Cyrex, who she claimed used a fatality in which he grasped the opponent in a headlight and stabs the opponents in the chest. In fact, this fatality did not exist and was never performed by the character Cyrax. With Judge Jenna Bond Arseton presiding, the case was tried in the United States District Court for the District of Connecticut. The court, the court ruled that Wilson's complaint failed to state a claim upon which relief can be granted. Uh, royalty lawsuits related to Time Warner's 2009 acquisition of Midway Assets. Now, uh, this one deals with like uh, Lawrence Kasanoff. In 2009, Lawrence Kasanoff, producer of the Mortal Kombat films, TV series, soundtracks, and live tour, and his company, Dredger Entertainment, sued Midway in bankruptcy court. Kasanoff sued over what he claimed were his intellectual property, IP, interests in the franchise. He was attempting to preserve his intellectual property rights, including copyrights to certain Mortal Kombat characters and to retain the right to create derivative film and television products based on the franchise. Casanoff attempted to block a $33 million bid for Mortal Kombat assets by Time Warner, whose new line cinema developed movies based on the franchise. Casanoff's complaint stated, The Mortal Kombat series, as it stands today, is far more a creation of Threshold and Casanoff than of Midway. Midway. Midway's creative input was almost entirely limited to the video games. On their own, the video games provided only minimal backstory and mythology, and only flat stock characters. Casanoff and Threshold were responsible for virtually all of the creative input that went into into, uh, turning the video game concept into a multimedia enterprise. Two other lawsuits related to millions of dollars of unpaid royalties were filed during the periods of 2000 to 2004 and 2005 to 2008. In 2011, Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge Ronald M. again awarded Castanoff only $14,981 and dismissed his other claims. He also ordered a threshold to pay Time Warner Incorporated. $25,412 in legal fees after determining that Time Warner Incorporated was the prevailing party. Kasanoff appealed the ruling and the denial of a jury trial. That's crazy. So the money that he was going to get, he actually ended up having to give back and then pay more on top of that. So, and there were some, uh, other controversies to the game, like the game's rating ban, uh, congressional hearings, uh, legislation, like advertisement, even shit, uh, uh, see, um, you know, advertising, uh, censorship and, you know, they did studies on it and everything. And because of Mortal Kombat, definitely the first one, just having the fatalities and this digitized blood that didn't stay on the ground. It actually disappeared when when they were attacked and they were hit. It kind of got people thinking that this game would turn them to serial killers. Just like they you think of Grand Theft Auto, uh, the series. But Mortal Kombat, if you look at it now, or even look looked at it back then, it was so dated and it was so hilarious that how in the heck that when you uppercut somebody, blood comes out. But when you drop kick them, uh, in the air, like blood don't come out. <laughs> like you're you're hitting them in the head, same as you're doing the uppercut. So where's the blood at? And so it was kind of pro, it looked like it was programmed that when you uppercut somebody, blood would come out. Now for the fatalities, Luke will like do a uh like uh uh. Uh, handstand uh, and uppercut a character and they will fall on the ground, die. Uh, Kano will rip out the heart. Uh so I mean Raiden will shock him with electric, with lightning and uh turn him to bones. Um Liu Kang uh, uh I believe he uh he did something with his kit with his foot or something. Oh no uh no, that was Sub Zero. Um Lucane did yeah, Luke did something with his fatality. I can't remember. I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head. Um I know sub uh I know Sonya kissed them, um and they died from that. Um uh, I know sub sub zero uh took out they spine and um Scorpion uh, took off his mask Which was a skeleton and burned him Which leads us to Scorpion's Get over here um, It was the Hadouken of Mortal Kombat And you kind of see people Still saying get over here And sometimes doing the move And stuff like that um, In the film of Mortal Kombat uh, uh, Scorpion Has his hand out And it kind of opens up where his palm is at And then uh it looks it's kind of like almost a raven. Almost comes out like chirping and stuff, um, looking uh, ready to attack to bring somebody there, over to him and stuff. So, uh, scorpion he had the easiest fatalities and the easiest moves because, um, if you did back back low punch, he would throw out his uh, uh get over here, attack. Um, which is a rope um, Bringing him close to him And the other one was that He could disappear uh, In the screen Like on the other side of the screen And appear on the other side So he wasn't that too hard to uh, master um, Sub-Zero He had uh, ice So he was able to freeze characters Or he would be able to slide uh, Sonya Blade had rings uh, And um, she also did some, oh, she would do almost like, uh, grab him with the legs and throw him on the other side. So, uh, for a special move, uh, Kano, uh, he had a blade that he could throw at you and then turn it to a ball, just like a Blanca roll. Uh, he had that, uh, Johnny Cage had a fireball that was straight. Um, and then he was also able to split and punch him in the balls, uh, for it. Uh, who am I missing? Raiden, he had electricity and he also had like a push day where he could push his character. Um, he also had teleporting in the game, but I think that was part two. I don't think that was part one that he was able to teleport, but I know he was able to throw electricity and he was able to push. Now I mentioned it, the five button, uh, control. So when you push back low kick, you will foot sweep. When you push uh back and press high kick, you will do a roundhouse. Pressing down and the high punch will uppercut your character. Um uh, press it down, press a low punch, it will kinda like hit them and like a little bit of stumble. Um pressing down and uh kick buttons we would just like almost do like a foot sweep, but they wouldn't move or anything. And, and Mortal Kombat in the first one, you couldn't do, uh, any air attacks or anything. Uh, if you did, the only one who had an air attack would have been, uh, Scorpion with his, uh, trans thing, uh, with, with it, like, kind of like with his version of teleporting. So, Mortal Kombat, like really took off and people lined up and that kind of affected, uh, Street Fighter's business. So when we get back from break, we're going to talk about the token war. So the token war between Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat. Well, because of MK's violence, Street Fighter 2 was losing out on money. Like I stated, Uh, people slowly were playing the games. But when Mortal Street Fighter 2 came up with new iterations, um, Mortal Kombat was still there. It was still delivering that impact. Uh, Street Fighter 2 just had dated... Um, art with the sprites, and even though that's the Super Street Fighter 2 kind of we re, uh, revamped their artwork and looked at a little bit more detail, um, people felt that Mortal Kombat seemed to be the future. Um, just look at all the offs. um, Time Blood, uh, was it Time Blood? Um, uh, was it, I think, no, Time Killers. It was like Time Killers, um, uh, uh, Tattoo Assassins. Um, even Samurai Showdown, like, later on, was doing, like, fatalities in the game. Like, it was kind of almost a sure way that if you do a violent game, if you did it digitized, you will actually, um, make money and be guaranteed sales for it. And that really wasn't the case. Uh, like, even Eternal Champions had, like, a fatality, um, move, kind of thing that you could perform in the game. And it if you look at it, those guys try to imitate it, but they did a bad job. Mortal Kombat still still strong with this game. But later on, uh Mortal Kombat didn't uh really didn't hold that much weight like uh it should have. So Street Fighter 2 dominated on Super Nintendo while the Mortal Kombat game on Genesis did alright but only if you had the code. Now while Neo Geo fighters did gain some steam, um, like I said, bad MK ripoffs came into the area and Neo Geo had a lot of fighters and they were doing different things that Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat weren't doing. Later on, Killer Instinct took face over Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter because Mortal Kombat Um, Though it was being digitized And Street Fighter was sprite based um, Killer Instinct by Rare Had a different graphic style They had um, Where they didn't use digitized characters They did kind of Not 3D polygon But they did rendering for their characters And when you fought You would be able to do these faster combos And those combos Would lead to ultra combos will lead you know to combo breakers and it was the fluidity of seeing these fighters and you know being the way they was designed and you know being allowed to fight that fast so the speed of the game with this combos were very impressive that's why when Mortal Kombat 3 came out they focused a lot on that run button that you run into an enemy and you start a dial in combo um Mortal Kombat 2 did huge business for Arcades and Nintendo Um like they way surpass Um uh, uh what they Initially did with Mortal Kombat Uh and people were Playing Mortal Kombat 2 And then Retro Fighter came into Play um like I mentioned Earlier Tekken came into play So Caliber, Soul Edge Came into play in arcades so They were taking over Some of the fighting um with the sprite base, um, Capcom had Dark Stalkers, and that was making the money. And then they ended up bringing out uh Street Fighter Alpha, um uh, which were uh kind of a reimagined or a remake of the first game, but um, it, they I see it as a reimagined of the Street Fighter series where you had two different care, um, two different uh characters, uh, uh you know, Ken and Ryu. Uh, with Saget, Butt, and Birdie, but some of the other characters that was in the original Street Fighter weren't in Street Fighter Alpha. And then 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 3 happened when they introduced more characters in that universe. And you probably can see them in Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 5, how all those characters now are combined. And then when they finally got to uh, Street Fighter 3, they did three iterations with Third Strike being the best iteration of the game with its hip-hop New York jazz style soundtrack. And... At that time, Street Fighter was gaining momentum again, where Mortal Kombat literally fell off after 3. They did do a 3D version of Mortal Kombat uh, for Mortal Kombat 4, but a lot of people weren't into it. It it was okay, but then it just felt dated, and people moved away from it. Then, when Marvel vs. Capcom came into play, and Marvel vs. Capcom Two, uh, started, you know, getting more traction, um, the Mortal Kombat series just literally fell to the wayside, and they didn't do the numbers that they weren't doing it. it and even with they had, you know, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, uh, at the arcades and Mortal Kombat Trilogy for an N64 and, uh, PlayStation, um, that Mortal Kombat Trilogy was buggy on PlayStation. Like, y- you would fight and when it gets to a certain point, the system wouldn't read the disc. And that flooded copies of the game where a huge massive returns had to come. Um, it was kind of weird seeing that that a game of like Mortal Kombat who was at who was you know really big back in their day and now they're not they they it it just really fell off so when they introduced Mortal Kombat 5 and Mortal Kombat 6 and 7 and all some of the, all the other games and stuff um even Mortal Kombat uh Shaolin fighters like uh it was a Kind of two player open world 3D game. Well, not open world, it was level based, but the space was open with Kung Lao and, um, um, uh, 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 what's his name from, uh, the first one? Kung Lao is from part two, um, not Johnny Cage. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, the one from, uh, the first game, uh, they those two actually teamed up. I can't believe I can't forget. I can't remember his name. <laughs> and I was just talking about him. Um uh, those two had garnered together, uh not garnered together. Those who were put together in that game and they were uh fighting. Um and it was a pretty good great uh, it was a good game for play uh PlayStation two and um uh Xbox. Uh, hold on one second everybody. Uh yeah. So um uh, yeah, it was a really good it was a really, really good game. Um characters. Uh Lu Kang, that's what it is. I'm sorry everybody about that. I don't know, I just had had a moment of forgetfulness. Um but you, uh, those games did good. But the the fighting games, it wasn't just as popular as as they were. You know, people went back to Street Fighter and kind of went back to Capcom for better fighting games. And like I said, like I mentioned or, uh, mentioned earlier, like uh, Tekken, Virtual Fighter, Virtual Fighter Two. Uh, so Edge, so Caliber, and some other three D fighting games and stuff. When PlayStation N sixty four and Xbox and PlayStation two and all those other games were getting to arcade level of graphics, you know, there was there really the arcade business not only hurt, but those two games, those two series were going in separate directions. You know, with after Street Fighter two. Uh, Street Fighter three, but before Street Fighter three, you had the crossovers. You had Capcom versus S you had Marvel versus Capcom. You know, you had all those games, and the only crossover that uh MK had was later on was Marvel versus. I mean, not Marvel, but uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC. And people were worried about that game being bloody because they you can't kill a superhero, and they didn't want all that violence and stuff in that game, so they had to make it kind of team rated. And it didn't come out And it didn't come to when they get did Mortal Kombat 9 That uh, Mortal Kombat Kind of you know When they rebooted it That it was one of the best Fighting games to date They were just like what made Mortal Kombat Back in the day Is once again here You know it's violent it's disgusting uh, But it's also fun And it's also technical So when I come back We're going to talk about Who won this war when I come back? (laughs) Is that your best? So who won? Well, Street Fighter 2 came out victorious basically. Um, it left a historic impact on the fighting game, fighting genre. Um, Mortal Kombat as a evolutionary as it was <clears throat> sorry about that. Was still basic, it didn't stay interesting until Mortal Kombat 2. Um, if you look at the present time with these series, um, of course both games had had their mishaps. Um, you know, If you look at Street Fighter V. Um. When it first came out. It had so many problems. And now look what it's evolved to. It's kind of getting people back into the game. Um. Mortal Kombat uh, 9. And Mortal Kombat X. Um. Uh, or Mortal Kombat as they say for a reboot. Even though it's the Tiff game. Um. Still provided that fun. Still just refined anything. Um. But it had to make up for all those. Um. Uh, average games that came out even that playstation one game i think it was sonya blade or uh, i think it was sonya blade i think that one came out uh that didn't do so well so they kind of had to make up for that game um and personally for me i don't think there hasn't been a historic battle in games since then um as in the fighting community of, like, which game is better than this game. Now, it feels like all fighting games do something different and are on their own kind of level of play. So, if you look at more, uh, Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, like, their history and what each of them did, you kind of can, like, respect on what they did introduce in what you see now in fighting games of today and how some of those traits were like has been evolved but definitely in this battle i believe street fighter 2 has done more for the fighting genre because it introduced uh, a lot of style characters um it introduced the turbo introduced uh even though it had been hacked and stuff Introduce like um, same matches where you're the same characters and stuff like that. And people still dress up as as Street Fighter characters. Um, don't see that much with Mortal Kombat that people are dressing up as them. Now, some people may, some people will prove me wrong that no, we're still dressing up as them. But if you think about it, Street Fighter, you know, look at the artwork people still draw um you you don't see that many drawings of Mortal Kombat I mean some people still do but you don't see it as often that like you do uh Street Fighter uh, Ryu is still uh a main character that people love and respect um uh, he's up there kind of with uh Link and Mario and Samus and a little bit of Sonic uh, you know So, um, and like with Mortal Kombat, you would probably think it's Scorpion or it might be Sub-Zero. Um, and that one is, is a debate within itself. Um, people were saying mostly Scorpion, uh, over Sub-Zero, but people choose Sub-Zero because it, with them freezing the character, they freely can attack without being worried of being hit. Where people feel like if you throw the uh the sphere with the rope uh for a scorpion uh you're uh open to a attack uh so this is just my opinion about who won i still think street fighter 2 came out victorious you know the film the animated film the animated film is still classic you know have still just a wonderful shot wonderfully not shot wonderfully made film that you can still see over and over again and never tire of where you can probably see some faults in mortal kombat but it's a little fun ride um and you know, it came out with various Uh, various systems It still sells a ton Look at Like I said, look at Ultra Super Street Fighter Um, the final challenge That mug sold 600 Some copies, uh, 600,000 Copies on the on Switch So, um you know, Mortal Kombat is still doing good But we'll see what happens With Mortal Kombat 11 or Street Fighter 6 Who knows where those games are going to be at Who knows if they ever will Return to a battle of Which game is better So with that everybody We're going to get into some plugs And I will be right back <laughs> superb excellent, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> so some plugs for you guys uh, You can check out Optional Opinion On SoundCloud iTunes Google Play And other podcast apps um, You can also Email the show At myout2comment At Yahoo.com I want to know What you guys think Who you want Street Fighter 2 Or Mortal Kombat And some people Might say They both lose Because they're both Garbage games Or whatever You know I really want to hear Your opinion On why that is uh, Sorry about that You also can follow me On Twitter At ThatRetroCode code. Ooh, sorry about that <laughs> everybody um you can also check me out on ngr radiocom nurse gone wrong radiocom um, where I have writings on there. Um, I podcast on uh with Corey for Nintendo Power Block. Uh, also podcast with Corey and my good and our good friend Jesse Douglas. I'm the host of Arsenal X, our Xbox podcast. And as always, we throw up the X because we're about to throw down. Uh, you'll also find Nurse Gone Row, our community podcast. You'll also find Nurse Gone Platinum, which is our PlayStation uh podcast and you'll find world one one podcast where we are uh community with larry me and cory and others where we talk about video games what we've been playing and some other ramblings and coming up with game topics and uh probably coming up with games to be made and other fun things and interviews so you guys can check that out also check out john's beer review also on ngr radio you can check that podcast out him jesse white and their co-hosts um Uh, go on, come on the show and review different beers that, you know, you guys might be interested if you love beer. So you guys can check that out. Um, I am getting ready to do uh, a buyer's guide for NGR Radio. So you guys will be able to check that out on December 15th. That's when it's going to go live. Uh, Just to let you guys know, I am not doing PC. Um, I'm only doing the consoles and a little bit of the handhelds. Or I should say at this time, uh, 3DS. Um, Not so much with Vita, if you can find one, and not so much with PSVR. Even though those good... The, they're great uh, accessories. It's just mostly trying to focus mostly on the consoles... Uh, like Switch... Uh, Xbox One... And PlayStation 4... And the 3DS slash 2DS... Because that's still current... Getting a lot of games. So my focus is on them... You know... Getting you guys... which system is best to use... Uh, what games that you might like... In the di- different genres... Uh, and also... Um, your but what, what your budget might be what what's being recommended also I won't be recommending no TVs because uh, there's just so many that you guys could research and get on your own so if you want 4k or still standard 1080p h uh, d so um but yeah you'll be able to check that out um on December fifteenth um I cannot wait for you guys to uh read it uh it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good thing. Uh, and I might try to do a podcast or a video episode for it. So if you guys also have any ideas uh that should be on it, come to ngrradio.facebook.com uh or go to like um uh, Nintendo PowerBlock our Facebook page Arsenal X Facebook page or Nurse Go Platinum Facebook page, and let us know what you guys think should be on this list: games, uh, accessories, um, what kind of terabyte or what kind of hard drive that you guys would recommend, and or even indie games. So, um, drop us a line there. Uh, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, but again, on uh, with the plugs. The Happy Hour with Johnny and Induce podcast you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Unlike uh, their Facebook page. And follow them on Twitter at HHP Podcast Show. Simon's Cake Podcast at SimonCake.WordPress.com, where you can hear the podcast, which is also on iTunes. Uh, like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Simon's Cake. Um, and you can subscribe to them on YouTube also. The MVC Video Game Book Club is still alive. Come and join us on Facebook and join in the discussion. Uh, Secret Friends Unite, you can check out their podcast on Podomatic, iTunes, and Stitcher, uh, like their Facebook page and follow them on Twitter at Secret Friends U and subscribe to their YouTube page, Secret Friends Unite check out Phoenix Overdrive's content via YouTube at youtube.com slash Phoenix Overdrive or subscribe to them via SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Phoenix Overdrive or find them on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music by searching for Nerd Overdrive. You can join in their discussion via Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash P.O. Nation and tweet at them at PHX underscore overdrive or tweet their official podcast at nerd underscore overdrive. For the extra life efforts, check them out at facebook.com dot slash Phoenix Overdrive. Um and they will be doing some more stuff So guys as always rise above You can also check them out on twitch.tv Slash phx underscore Overdrive uh, Check out extra jump podcast Uh um, Their playstation podcast is On soundcloud uh, Jr Oliver and Rider Sweat Check them out uh, They're on episode 18 so catch up If you have been missing them um, I'm on one of the episodes too We have great discussions um, They let you know what games are coming out Going to some new and um, have various topics that you guys could check out. So, um, you can also check out the moment at skirmishfrost.com. Um, you can read the optional opinion blogs on ign.com under anime, E N I M E. Um, I will be turning, will be returning back to the moment at skirmishfrost.com. Um, I apologize, everybody. I just got busy, um, just doing other things, you know, helping out NGR, uh, cause I am one of the admins with Corey and with Matt. So, um, doing podcasts, you know, doing a lot of writing. For that or trying to get some writings out Unless uh, pot and play like me and Corey been that. Um that I just been busy and definitely Work is, has been uh, getting Well not interfering but it's part Of my daily routine I should say So I will be returning to the Moment and I cannot wait I'm going to Be writing out games um, And getting ready to Talk about how they relate to My gaming life <clears throat> So that is all the plugs. Uh, also get everybody, um, you can go on Twitch and subscribe to the lyrical one and watch my less learned series. I will be returning to that. I want to be teaching more about games and gameplay styles. Uh, so hopefully you guys will tune in. Um, I'm going to be getting ready to do all of that. Um, and then the game of the year discussion on NGR radio. I'll let you know when that is going to go live. Uh, but, uh, the optional opinion, I'm sorry, everybody, for uh, not doing one this year. Uh, uh, I hopefully will be doing one for next year, getting all the games, trying to get as much as, as I could play, and getting that show together. So uh, the music that I played in this episode, my intro was is Re Plus Nightmare by Voiced Out, Street Fighter 2 Yoga Fire at Rise underscore K, and that's uh, Raz M1222 Mortal Kombat theme Metal cover by Veladis 99991 That's four nines in the one So V-L-A-D-I-S um, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Abuki Hip Hop Remix By Blue Rhythms uh, With a Z uh, Magic X Beat Mortal Kombat Trilogy The Pit 3 Remix By Magic X Beats and Mortal Kombat 3 Church Hip Hop Instrumental by Rick Romo. Um, this last one is Street Fighter 2 DJ Re- uh, Remix by Scratch Bastard. Scratch Bastard TV is his, uh, name, channel that you guys can check out. Uh, thank you guys once again for tuning in. Hopefully you guys had a great week, great weekend. If this episode sounded a little bit jittery, I do apologize. Um, uh, a lot of technical things happened while doing this recording. Uh, so I'm going to try to get it together. Um, and hopefully you guys just let me know how it turns out. Um, but once again, like I said, everybody have a great week, have a great weekend. Whenever you hear this podcast, have fun gaming, enjoy the time that you're spending with family and friends. Cause you never know what will happen tomorrow. Um, get some good, uh, sales in if you can for new games and new systems. And I will see you guys for December 15th for, uh, the buyer's guide hopefully you guys will read that um i will have some more episodes of optional opinion coming out i'm getting ready uh to do the columbine discussion um and do uh get ready to do rye um i probably have to replay that game and take some uh, more notes and stuff because now that the game is out for switch um hopefully everybody have enough time to play it and beat it and uh I'll be able to discuss that game and uh, talk about my review for that game because I think Rhyme is a really great game that came out this year. So that with that, everybody, I am out. Peace. India Spain Thailand USA USSR Japan. Japan. Japan 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 round one fight 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 you! <laughs>